Welcome to It's Time, the daily Bible teaching program of Mike Kessler, pastor of the River Christian Fellowship in Twin Falls, Idaho. Today we're going verse by verse through the book of John. So turn there in your Bibles as we join Pastor Mike. Now, the reason why truth is truth is because truth looks at all aspects of the point. I don't know if you're following me here. Let me explain. Somebody might say, well, I don't see what's wrong about painting the windshield of my car. I mean, I feel, I believe that that's a truth that I want to experience. Look how pretty it is. Well, the point is, though, when you carry it out, if you drive that car, you cannot see where you're going. You will run into something. Therefore, the truth of their mentality is flawed. The Bible says what is required for a society to exist. That's why the Bible talks about murder. In fact, if you go to the Ten Commandments as an example, which, by the way, friends, were never meant to justify man. It was meant to show you what God's standard is. In fact, anybody that's ever tried to live by the Ten Commandments knows you can't do it. And this is what, when Jesus Christ came in with his salvation and forgiveness, this is when the Gentiles started getting saved. We remember when Peter went back to Jerusalem, they said, look, none of our fathers could keep the Ten Commandments. Why are we placing them under the Ten Commandments? Friends, this is what is called grace. This is what we live under. Now, that doesn't make the truth any less effective. Now, let me explain that. We say lying is wrong. That is wrong. But here's the point. If lying is wrong, then it's always wrong. But do we always tell the truth? I think it's interesting, some of the different videos that we've shown here, and, and, and they'll walk up to somebody and they'll say, in witnessing, they'll say, are you a good person? Uh, yeah, I'm a pretty good person. Uh, how good a person are you? Well, I'm, I'm, I'm better than a guy next door. Well, have you ever lied? Uh, no. You mean you've never told a single lie in your whole life? Uh, well, yeah, I guess I have lied. Well, what would that make you? That'd make you a liar, wouldn't it? Oh, yeah, I guess so. How many murders do you have to commit to be a murderer? Just one, okay? The law identifies what is wrong or what God's standard is, shows us where man is at. Now, the grace of God, the forgiveness of Jesus Christ, does not negate the blackness of sin. But what it does, it provides forgiveness for that sin, so we don't live in it any longer. See, there's a big difference, because a lot of times people think, well, since I'm a Christian, uh, where Paul even says all things are lawful, but not all things are the best for me, that means I can go out and sin, ask for God's forgiveness, with no repercussions. Friends, that's not the way it works. That's why God doesn't want us to sin. Because when we sin, we hurt ourselves. Because, again, getting back, I want to paint my windshield... I'm going to drive into things. 
Well, can I be forgiven for my windshield being painted? Yes. Whatever it is in your life that you blind yourself to to think this isn't going to put a hurting on me. Well, we go and we do that. Well, here's what the bottom line is. There's consequences for what we do. This is why sin is sin. Sin isn't God being a cosmic killjoy saying, aha, I don't want my followers to have any fun. You know, a lot of people have goofy ideas like this. I'm serious. They have strange concepts of God. The reason God doesn't want us to sin is because we don't know the down the road consequence. So yes, as a Christian, am I forgiven when I sin? Yes, I am. But that sometimes doesn't stop the repercussions of what I've done. See, in other words, there's a compelling in the Bible, in truth, to do what God's called us to do. Jesus said, if you love me, keep my commandments. People go, oh, Mike, you're getting under the law here. No. What were the two commandments? They came to Jesus. What are the two most important? Well, they came to Jesus. They said, what is the most important commandment? And Jesus said to love your God with your whole heart, mind, soul, and spirit. That means all of you loves God. And he says the second is likened to it, love your neighbor as yourself. And then Jesus said this, which is so wonderful. He said, upon these two hang all the law and the prophets. If you want to summarize, so the two things we do as Christians today, love God and love our fellow man. Now, that's pretty simple. doesn't get a whole lot easier than that, but that's what God has called us to do. And so as I look at this, when Pilate asks the question, what is truth? There's a lot of aspects, especially coming from a ruler, a governor of the area named Pilate. Because Pilate, no doubt, because of Roman philosophy, we remember when Paul went to Mars Hill. And there was a place where they'd go. I call it the, the, the old test, or maybe I should say the old world Starbucks. It was a place where they would go and gather and philosophize about theories of life. And, you know, what's life about? Well, the Epicureans say life is for pleasure. Party down. It's called Epicurean delight. The Stoics would then argue and say, no, no, life is already predetermined. There's nothing you can do about it. Que sera, sera, whatever will be, will be. You can't do anything. If you're going to get hit by a train, friends, the only thing you can do is change the way you feel about getting hit by the train. That's Stoic. Well, they'd get together and they'd all philosophize, psychedelicize on each other. Probably sitting over there drinking their lattes. And Paul went up to him and said, I see you guys are all very philosophical. You're all very religious people. You've got all these statues to all the different gods. He goes, you got this one, just in case you might offend one by missing it, to the unknown God. He goes, that's the one I want to tell you about. And he begins to reason with them out of the scripture who the true and living God is. Well, friends, that's truth. You see, people say, well, how's God going to judge the world someday? Well, you just better hope God's not in a bad mood on the day that you stand before him. Somebody might have kept him up all night and he's going to be pretty mad. You did what? You're done. No, that's not the way God works. His word's true. 
He does not judge man the way man thinks. He delves into his word, and in his word is what he's going to judge by. Now, getting back, how many lies do you have to tell to be a liar? One. How many murders do you have to commit to be a murderer? One. How many times do you have to covet to be a covetous person? Once. I've told the people before, if you're going to covet, covet the Christian way, okay? You go, what's that? Well, when you look at somebody's, whatever it is they've got that's really cool, you go, boy, I sure like that vet. That's really nice. God, I want that vet. And I pray you give him a better one. You see, you always want to say, give them a better one as I take what you got. Just kidding. You see, really, when we look at life, we realize God is the one that gives us what we need. I, I like that about God because, because God has just simply told us to relax in him. You know, it's, a, it's, a, you know it's, it's funny, in the book of Proverbs, it says, above all things, get wisdom. Now this is after you're born again. But the thing is, pray. Do you know that Jesus said, if any of you lack wisdom, ask and your father will give it. Don't just think that is a stupid, silly prayer. I pray for that all the time. And I heard about that verse when I think I was in the sixth or seventh grade. And I always prayed, you know, God, give me wisdom. Uh, some people say, well, Mike, you're still stupid. Think how stupid I'd be if I didn't ask for God's wisdom. You see, you never, you can always start. Ask God to give you wisdom. What is the wisdom about? How things work. We understand that there is a physical world in the way things work. Whether it's an internal combustion engine or whether it's the way you fill out your tax form, which we're all still wondering how that works. But no matter what it is, there's a way things work. But there's a way things work in the spiritual world too. And there's ingredients that are needed for society to exist. And if relativism comes in and replaces what you need for society to exist, this society will cease to be. So now when we turn on television and we have TV programs redefining what a family is, when you turn on your TV and you find uh, or, or listen to the news telling you what the situation of the world is, without God's word, without God's foreknowledge of the event that is happening, it's going to bring about destruction. The sin is not that God doesn't want you to have fun. It's just that God knows more about stuff than we do. That's where we grow in Christ, where we begin to see life through God's eyes. See, that's why you can look at somebody that is wasting their life away. I, I've talked to so many people that in my life I've seen them shacked up. And I, and I go, why are you doing this? Well, you know, we really don't know if we want to get married or not. Do you realize you're burning years of your life with somebody that may not want to commit to you for the rest of their life? You see, that's why it's important that we go, God, what? I, I don't want to go down bunny trails. And you know what I find? This is coming from somebody older. The older you get, the more time you realize you don't have time for bunny trails. You know, when you're 20, you can do a lot of dumb stuff and you got years to kind of make up for it. 
But when you start getting older, you go, I don't want to hurt anymore. I think that's wise. Somebody asked me one time, they said, Mike, do you have a, do you got a tattoo? And I know many of you guys do out here, and some of them are really cool. I looked at him and said, I haven't got time for the pain. Do you ever see on TV, they got a machine with a lot of needles pounding on your skin. I don't need that. That looks like it hurts. I don't want to do that to me. I like me. And I don't like being pounded with needles. With ink. Now, if you do, I hope you have a great time. That's just... But you see what you need. See, and, and so when the Bible says certain things are wrong, and people say, well, we're going to blow that off. We're not going to go by that. Your country can't exist. And this is why in your personal life, if you continue on in patterns, even as a Christian, that the Bible says is going to bring hurt into your life, it's going to have a price to pay. That's why God says, we don't go to heaven because Jesus, maybe I should say this, we go to heaven because Jesus died on the cross for us, not because I'm good. I wrap myself in his righteousness. And that would be great if we all went to heaven this afternoon and if the rapture comes, I'm quite a prophet. But if he doesn't come back this afternoon, we're going to have to live with the decisions that we make today. Our nation is going to have to live in the years to come with the decisions that we make today. That's one of the things, uh, again, I've shared this many times, but we're $20 trillion in debt in our nation. That's going to have to be paid back somehow. I know it's going to hurt when that time comes, that going from a world power to a third world country, it's going to hurt. But this is the problem with recklessness that we find in government. But let's leave government out of it for a minute. In our personal lives, have you ever said, I wish I wouldn't have done that? We all have. Or have you ever said, I wish I would have just did what God said? Have you ever said that? I've said that. Well, here's what I found. If you're at that place today, repent. Just say, God, I want to do it your way. Lord, I love you. I'm a child of yours. I belong to you. But I want you to give me your wisdom so I see what truth is. You see, Pilate was haunted by what is truth. He had been raised as a politician. He was a governor of that area of Judea. And the echoing problem that he saw was what is truth. As I look at this story, I have to conclude Jesus is the one that's in control here, not Pilate. Because when he's done, Pilate has more questions concerning his own life than he did initially interrogating Christ. And this is always, I believe, friends, an issue. What is truth? Jesus said in John 14, 6, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father but by me. What an, what an astounding verse. John 14, 6. 
Because in that verse, Jesus said, every other religion on earth is a fraud. Wow. He said, no one comes to the Father but by me. It isn't through good works. It isn't through reciting your mantra. It isn't by joining a cult. It isn't by knocking on doors. It isn't by eating organically grown food. It's by and through him. Well, I look at that and I realize something. If that's what truth is, if I find myself in Christ, guess what? We're going to find ourselves in truth. And when you find yourself in truth, the lie does not matter anymore. We're above the lie. Somebody comes to me and says, well, if you really, you know, want to go to heaven, you're going to join our club and recite our, our, our uh, mantras and all these things. And I look at him, I go, don't need it. Why? Truth sets you free. Why? I go to heaven because I'm clothed in his righteousness. And I'm beginning to learn. If I do things God says, I'm blessed in eternity as well as here. If I don't do what God says, I'm going to miss out on some rewards in heaven. And there's going to be a price to pay. You see, I painted my windshield. I drive into things like buildings and cars and other things. If I want to blind myself to truth, I don't want to do what God says. I believe I'm still a Christian. Like a rebellious child. If anybody here has kids, you know that they are an amazing creature. They're drunk midgets just running around doing crazy stuff. And you go, why did you do that? I don't know. You know what I mean? What are you doing? And they think they're doing something really good. And you know, sometimes they'll look at you and smile. And they're so proud of their mud pie. And you, because you love them, you say, good mud pie. And you look and you go, God, do we do this to you? God, look at my mud pie. God goes, oh, good mud pie. You know, it's funny. Because the Bible says that. All of our righteousness is filthy rags to God. But what God gives us is his righteousness. Gives us his truth. And so we don't have to be like the pilot here in the Bible What is truth? And when he had said this, he went out again to the Jews and said to them, I find no fault in this man. At this point, Pilate should have released Jesus. This is also where he says, we have a custom that I should release someone to you at Passover. Do you therefore want me to release to you the king of the Jews? And they cried out saying, not this man, but Barabbas. Now Barabbas was a robber. Uh, The original words are actually that he was an insurrectionist. He was a terrorist is what he was. And they chose him over Jesus. Interesting, the name in the Hebrew is Bar-Jesus. There's a lot of Jesuses in the world today. Bar-Jesus, Barabbas was that person. And they chose him. It's interesting, 70 years later, 70 AD, about 40 years later, Titus came in and leveled the city of Jerusalem because of insurrection. It got so bad. Well, you make your choices, you pay the price. What I'm sharing with you this morning is simply this. Love Jesus. Let him bless you. 
Love him with your whole heart, mind, soul, and spirit. Love your neighbor as yourself. And upon those two is all the requirements that God has in the Old Testament. Isn't that great to know? That I didn't have to be weighted down by a bunch of rules and regulations and, and, and creeds and things. All I needed to do was just say, Lord, I love you. Show me what you want me to do for you. You know, Jesus, they came to, and he, and he said, teach us to pray, Jesus, as John taught his disciples. He said, our Father, he said, when you pray, pray like this. Our Father, which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. That's our prayer. God, I just want to be about your business. Show me what you want me to do for you. Open my eyes. Give me your wisdom that I would be able to do this. And Lord, let me live in your truth. You see, if any of you lack wisdom, the Bible says, ask and your father will give it. I ask for that every day because I realize how bad I need that. If you're not a Christian here today, my heart goes out to you. Because first of all, you don't have a father. You're illegitimate. You're not adopted. And that means you have no one that really watches over you to take care of you, to tell you when you're getting off course to to get back on course again. Do you think that we can all live in this life without somebody telling us to get back on course? No. Now, you realize that when you're a kid. Some of us realized it really a lot when we were 16, 17. We found ourselves in trouble going, oh, uh, help, help. We don't even know who we're calling out to for help. Help. We're off course. Well, when we get older, we need that too. And so God comes and he, he brings us back into his purpose. I like that. It isn't that God just saved us, but he, he saves us and now guides us. I like that. I need to be guided. You ever prayed about something? God slams the door and then you say, God, why didn't you answer my prayer? I've done that. God did answer your prayer. He closed the door. Isn't that good? So I just go, okay, God, you know, and as I get older in the Lord, I've shared this many times. I am appreciating when God says no to me as much as when he says yes to me. Because if I wait, I will see why God, why daddy said no. If you're not born again, you don't have a daddy. You're you're making all the mistakes yourself and you're going to keep making them only to find yourself in judgment day full of a life of sin, miss the marks, and be condemned for it. It's your choice. Jesus said, any man be in me, deny himself, take up his cross, and follow me. Pretty simple, really. The Bible says to repent. Quit trying to do it yourself. If you're a Christian that thinks, well, you know, I just live in this wonderful thing called cheap grace... Yeah, I'm born again, but I still tear it up. Well, your windshield's painted. Watch out for the, uh, watch out for the uh, houses, power poles, and sides of canyons that you'll run into. Because you won't say, Lord, wash my windshield so I can see. He will. If you need to get right with God, let's pray right now. You just repeat this. Father, I come to you in Jesus' name. I invite you into my life today. Give me your truth. I don't want to live in a lie anymore. And so from this day forward, I commit my life into your hands. 
Make me the best I can be for you. May I hear your voice each day. Fill me now with your Holy Spirit. And thank you for writing my name in your book of life. That I can spend eternity with you. So wrap me up now, God, in your righteousness. Be with me each day. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for joining us on It's Time as Pastor Mike teaches verse by verse through the Bible. If you've missed a program or would like to catch up, you can do so by getting it from the It's Time podcast in the iTunes store or by downloading it from the It's Time website at theriverchristianfellowship.com slash it's time. On behalf of Pastor Mike and the rest of us here at the River Christian Fellowship, thank you for listening and tune in next time for It's Time. It's Time.